All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> all righty. I don't know the name of the actor who does that, but like... Matthew McConaughey, how can you not know the old right, all right, all right guy? Because I'm an idiot and I forget the name of every single, like, important celebrity person that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, he's not important. I, I don't think... Well, he did a cool thing with uh, Uvalde because he's actually from Uvalde. And um, when it all happened, he went there to, you know, obviously use his celebrity powers. Um, but he also did a press conference with, uh, who are those people? Damn. Um, the White House. Oh, yes, those people. <laughs> who are those yeah. people? The, the people at the White House. I, I don't know. Yeah, with him, but like I, the I just, press. I, I, I have multiple different like images of in my head of him just saying, all right, all right, all right, in different settings. Yeah, that's pretty much what he does. It's like, man, I wish people could just pay me to just say all right three times. That sounds like a pretty good gig. <laughs> it's like there's all right, all right, all right. There's all right, all right, all right in space. There's all right, all right, all right, like in a car, on a farm, in the mafia. What's it that you would do it in the space, you would do it in a race. You'd do it in a car, you'd do it in a farm. That is either a Dr. Seuss book or a that's what she said joke. Oh, it's a Dr. Dr. Seuss book. Okay. <laughs> we need something to just blab about, don't we? I'm yeah. I have coffee. <laughs> uh, did any of you buy anything on, on Prime Day? No. Wait, pr no. Prime Day happened? <laughs> Yeah. I got an email about it, but that's all I know about, to be honest. I bought shampoo and a coffee grinder. Solid. Okay, what kind of coffee grinder? Uh, Hario Mini something. A Hario Mini X, I think is the actual like name of it. It's a little uh, hand grinder that's tiny and, I'm, and I can take it camping. Right, yep. No, I, I, I can understand. Like I, I was like, is it going to be a blade grinder? Is it going to be one of those... Um, like I don't like blade grinders. I, I I had a blade grinder for a couple of years, but my ex took it when she moved out, and then I bought this very cheap hand grinder that I've been using for the past like I don't know, maybe year. But this thing like actually or two years I guess. This thing actually has like a proper like burr setting and it's technically a conical burr grinder. It's just a handheld conical burr grinder. You can like replace the burrs if they get like run down for cheap and it's a like $40 little device. The only uh, issue with it is the same issue that all hand grinders have, which is it takes like 10 minutes to grind your beans. But, you know. The, the beautiful thing about that is even in the morning when you, you know, you're just woken up and you're making your coffee, it's such a slow, repetitive action that you can still have your brain off. You know, you don't need to worry about waking up. You just... Stir, stir, stir. Well, Is this like the sleepiest podcast that's ever been a thing? I don't know. I just well, for some I... reason feel like I'm not hosting and I'm waiting for Suey to say something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the problem I'm not 
talking is I don't drink coffee. So like, how can I add to this conversation? I don't know a thing about coffee and you guys are just going off and well, like, see, I'm a tea okay. drinker. The thing is you don't need to add That's to this it. conversation because go. this is episode 26 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast airing uh, 17th of July, 2022. How's that? We're in the show. I'm blind and I'm hosting and uh, <laughs> Suey's here. Can you say hello, please? Hello, hello. It is me, Suey. Hi, Suey. Arch is also here. Arch plays stuff. Hi, how are you? I'm waking up. No, I'm all right. I'm just trying to think of what tea Suey drinks. Waking up uh, before you go, go. <laughs> well, like, now that it's... So I'm in the desert and it's summer, so I'm having a lot of iced tea right now. And honestly, I'm just getting, like, the peach snapple stuff. I know it's a lot of sugar. I need to start making my own. Um, But when it's not so hot out, I have a lot of, like... British breakfast blend tea. That's my go-to. Well, I, I have a I have a fix for this. If you want to if you want to stop drinking Snapple, just do some research on the people who own Snapple. Wait, is there problems with them? Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Oh yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. May, I mean, no. maybe don't look it up, but <laughs> Snapple's a problem. But. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to iced tea, like my my go to always was Arizona iced tea, and then like when it comes to like canned or like prepackaged, pre made iced tea, Arizona iced tea was always my go to. And then they stopped selling it in Canada for like four years because apparently it had too high a percentage of urine to pass Canadian food safety laws. What um, in it? It was Wait. something like zero point six percent is an acceptable amount of urine to be in a canned beverage or something. Um, anyway. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How does urine end up in a canned I beverage? I don't want to ask that question. Anyway, um, they, they stopped selling them for a couple of years. Now they're back on sale, and I haven't purchased one again. Although there is a Canadian brand that looks almost exactly the same, that's like the same shape of can that kind of took its place in the in the interim, and it, I have also haven't tried that one. Arch, what have you been drinking? A lot of Red Bull. No, I am. Um, I was going to say, it doesn't actually... sound like it. <laughs> hey, give it time to work. No, I've been drinking. Um, I got a blend of uh, Rebus tea, I think it's pronounced, and also a pack of fruit teas. So I've actually been getting into the fruit teas as well. Ooh. Because, like, I love coffee and I love Red Bull, but I don't want to drink it after, like, you know, 6 p.m. So I've been looking yep. for a nice warm drink after 6 p.m. And hot chocolates are a sometimes treat. You don't want to have a hot chocolate every night. Oh my God. I, okay, in middle school, I think it was, I had hot chocolate every single day and I started gaining weight so fast. Golly gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> like it became like a tradition where every day after school, it was really cold out. So I'd go and have some hot chocolate. And then suddenly I'd gained like 10 pounds. You get your chucky milk. <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm having Mountain Dew because we bought a bunch of soda and stuff when we were on vacation. Uh, Superboy and I just went to LA. We got back a few days ago and yeah, we bought a lot of drinks and stuff because we, had, we were seeing a friend who's from um, the UK. So we we're trying to get like a lot of classic American things that she hasn't or she isn't able to get over in the uk and yeah by the way i don't like la the streets feel crammed crowded 
and stressful as heck. I wasn't even driving. Suboy was driving, and I was over there with an elevated heart rate. Like, God, I hate this. Please don't make me ever drive here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I had a great time, though. I got to see my childhood best friend. Um, We got to play a lot, a lot of Mario games. So a lot of Mario Party, a lot of Mario Kart. Oh, God, I'm um, so there's sorry. There's some Super Smash Bros. Huh? I'm, got, I'm so sorry that you had to play Mario Party. Are you okay? I like Mario Party. Yeah, oh God, Mario Party's good. Don't don't hate on Mario Party. Of, I was one of the people. Uh, I was one of the people wanting it. Like I was the person. Like, hey, we should play Mario Party. So. Oh God, you are the problem. What's yeah, with the Mario I like the Party hate? It's the worst game ever made. Clearly. Just no, you the don't mini games are fun. Because you don't have people to play it with. I'm not the only yeah. person who feels this way, Arch. I like it. It's just a fun little game to play when you have a group of people. It's just a fun way to ruin friendships. Although Seriously. Mario Kart's more fun in my Mario opinion. Mario Kart's a phenomenal you, game. How much do you care about Mario Party games? <laughs> I just I d despise Mario Mario Party. Enjoy it, dude. Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm Even not the only person who feels this way. That's all I'll say. Uh, yeah, I like it. I also go uh play Tetris with a friend of mine. Now that's with a my video childhood game. friend. Yeah, but Tetris ninety nine only has two player, oh. and that's all we have. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's basically two, and then like it puts a bunch of bots in there too, and you're like fighting against the bots as well. And I felt bad because my friend always got out early, and I was like, I can make them easier. Like we can switch controllers or something partway through. And she just goes, no, I like watching you play. Tetris Effect has some pretty great multiplayer. You can, Ooh, I want It has that. up to four-player multiplayer, I think, and you can, like, throw blocks into other people's screens. It's pretty fun. Oh, but I want to play. Tetris should not pass. be a multiplayer game. I mean, I agree, but Tetris is also very fun. So if it happens yeah. to have another human there, I will decimate them. Oh, no. Blind, you and me, we gotta have a Tetris match now. Um, no, but... <laughs> what? what? Why? Because I don't yeah. play video games with other humans. But blind... Are you paying me? No. Then, no. <laughs> Maybe as, like, some sort of incentive for a charity thing or something, I'll play some Tetris Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like... That's all in. <laughs> Tetris. Very good video game. So, so how does it feel to be uh, getting close to graduating and being um, free from I, the shackles of uh, institution I, I and education? I don't feel it yet. I did the last of like my requirements that aren't classwork today, uh, which felt really nice to get those out of the way. I have, like I don't know, probably an hour worth of classwork left. Um, and yeah, I'm like a week or two off and as long as everything's in check, which I think it is, I should have a bachelor's degree um, by the end of the month. <laughs> but, like, there's always that terrifying, like, feeling of, oh, no, what if there's something that I missed somehow and that the advisor missed and I'm not actually going to get my degree. I have to take another class. Like, there's that in my brain. Just, like, what if it just doesn't work out, you know? And I, I just want the degree already. Don't worry. You'll be but, dreaming about, like, still having one class left or one test left for the next 40 years. 
Oh, God. I haven't done any school things since I was 16 when I graduated high school. And I still sometimes wake up going, I need to, wait, hmm. <laughs> I haven't been in a Dude, school in 15 years. What's wrong with me? I haven't taken a choir class Not in like, like four years. And I keep having dreams that I'm at a choir concert and I have no idea what the song is. I do not have, like, the appropriate dress. Like, I'm wearing something super casual. I don't have, like, you know, the uniform you perform in. And I'm having to, like, sight read on stage. And it's terrifying. Look at you lot having to go to sleep to have anxiety. Yeah, dude. Just do it, just do like, it while awake. Like, I have anxiety when I'm awake. Yeah, just save it for when you're awake and then it's fine. I've been up both times. You just can't escape it, honestly. This is why I take drugs. Same. <laughs> it's gotten so much better. I don't have to stand up and pace anymore. Now I can just sit there. But we all anyway, need exercise, I though. heard there's a, I heard there's a uh, game jam happening about around the corner. Who would do that? That seems silly. Right when know. we're doing ours at the same time. Gosh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to play off that. Uh, yeah, so there, there's a game jam coming up at the end of this month that we are hosting. Uh, you can find links in the description of this podcast as as well as, like, you know, in our community Discord and on the team's Twitter. Uh, it's definitely something that, you know, if you make video games or if you know people who make video games, eh, maybe come hang out, make a game, and maybe we'll play it. It'll be a fun time. We need to be yelling about yep. this more because it turns out that I'm not very good at social media. So I put out a thing out into the world and then forget about it. So we should probably, if we can, like link the game jam in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be in the description yeah. of this podcast uh, uh, unless something went very wrong. But uh, yeah. Today's going to be a, a pretty hefty day. We've got a lot of news subjects to, to catch up on. We got uh, an update on last week's. Uh, news story about Reed Pop taking over uh, E3, as well as a whole bunch of different games to talk about. So I think we're going to go to a real quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the games that we've been playing this week. How's that sound? Solid. Sounds absolutely great. Fantasticals. We'll be right back. No. No. Gosh. No, 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 Hey, Arch here. Jess isn't on this podcast, but to hear more of that, go to twitch.tv slash w-o-a-h-h underscore Jess to see more. Back to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. I'm Blind and I'm hosting and I'm joined by Archplay Stuff and Suey. And uh, we're here to talk about the games that we've been playing this past week. So uh, I know that so you were talking about um, some of that there uh, Nintendo uh, shenanigans. Uh, but anything else you've been playing this week? Yeah. Um. So on stream, my like my stream back from vacation, I checked out Clan Folk, which I received a review key of, and it's been a pretty good time. Sadly, it is in pretty early access, from what I could tell. Um. And but I had a really good time. Winter is rough. Have you made it past winter yet, Blind? Because I've heard you've played it a little bit too. I soared through it. Um, I, I, I think like 
because clan, clan, clan folk, right? It's a colonies simulator uh, from MinMax Studios, the people who made Space Pirates and Zombies, which is a studio that's been around or released their first game in 2011, and they've basically done they've done like three early access games over the years, so they have a pretty good track record with completing stuff. Um, and also a, a studio from my hometown, oddly enough, of Maple Ridge, Canada. But um, they uh, they they're they're work they've been working on clan, clan folk for a little bit now, and there's been demos bouncing around. And it is very much a, well, it's a, it's a Scottish colony builder, right? In like 1300 Scotland, I think is when it said that it, it takes place. And it, it, it puts in a lot of mechanics that I think a lot of people wanted games like RimWorld to have, you know, you actually have kids, um, you have family trees, you have a little bit more family politics there and a lot more mechanics when it comes to things like maintaining tools and seeds and all that sort of stuff. Um, because I'm, I'm an obsessive who plays a lot of Dwarf Fortress, I'm used to a lot of those mechanics and I, I found it to be quite easy actually. Uh, so I just po- kind of powered through winter. I think my biggest complaint about it as far as getting through winter goes is just acquiring meat because it gets, it, I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen an animal in that game. I just kind of zoom out and then select the whole map and hope that they find something to hunt. Because it's real hard to see stuff. Yeah, I really wish that they did have something like RimWorld where it has that, you know, list of animals. I wish that was on Clan Folk because it's so hard. Or is that a mod? Yeah, it's vanilla. Okay, I I thought that 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 was a mod. Or maybe it was for a while. But um, yeah, no, I... Not while I've played. I think that... Um, I mean, it's very much an arch. Have you played this at all? I have not. No, I've seen. I've okay. seen a couple of you playing it though. I, it's 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 an interesting one because it's got a lot of really neat mechanics, kind of under the hood, and it's got a lot of things in it that I think might surprise some people for an early access game. Like it's like I said, everything requires tools, right? Like in order to chop down trees, you need to make axes. In order to uh, till fields, you need a hoe, um, which is kind of funny because you build the hoe and then you unlock the poop hole. Um, you, yeah. you need toilets and toilets fertilize the land around it. Um, so there's, there's a lot of mechanics in, in there that I really like that I think are really interesting, but there's uh, some organizational stuff in the UX that's clunky to be nice. Um, they're like job assigning is needlessly finicky and this comes from somebody who plays the most finicky game door fortress right i personally think that there's some elements to this that are i i would say a, a, a royal pain in the ass to actually play the video game but there's a there's a lot yeah. of potential here i i think yeah so my problem is is uh i didn't really realize how brutal winter was gonna be so i didn't stockpile food and it felt like i couldn't get the technology up fast enough and then I ended up having, like, all of my people starve to death in the winter on my first playthrough. Like, I had one guy left, and I don't know if you can have kids when you only have one person left. Like, if you can have kids with the other neighboring clans or anything. So I just kind of got rid of that run just in case you couldn't. Um, do you know about how the, like, having kids in the game work? I have work? no idea how recruitment works, let alone having kids in the game. Like, there's... there's... Is there rec- recruitment? I didn't... I couldn't tell if there was recruitment or not, so I just assumed I couldn't get more clan folk, so I just made a new playthrough, and so I started on the, like, second option, where you have uh, two parents, and then a baby, and then you have, like, a ton of sheep, and so we kind of butchered the sheep to make it through winter. I, um, just kind of broke the economy a little bit. <laughs> Um, because you can, you can sell basically everything. And I had two neighboring clans that let me sell 
sticks to them at quite a high price. So I just had a bunch of people working for me. And then right <laughs> because you, you can hire workers uh from other from neighboring clans and they show yeah. up like every other day and they they charge a bit of gold to work, but it's never that expensive. It's like maybe thirty something a day. So as long as you can sell three stacks of twigs a week, you're fine. Um so I was just harvesting all of the sticks and twigs and logs and stuff and um brought in a bunch of workers. So I had like eight people just like farming my fields and whatnot and then winter hit and I just told them all to like leave you're now fired go home um and then we had plenty of food for the winter um and at that point i was just like all right i'm done i've, I've played this for six hours and then i went and did some other stuff but like it's it's neat i, I there's there's a game here <laughs> i mean it, it reminds mm -hmm. me very much of like RimWorld when it first went into early access where it was like kind of busted in a lot of ways and like in a lot like there, there was a lot of things about it that just kind of sucked but like the gameplay that was there was compelling and interesting enough that it was worth coming back to. And I, I feel that way about this game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play more of it as more uh, patches come out. And like, I think I'm going to stream more of it today. Today is Friday for those of you who are watching or listening, I guess is the correct term. Um, <laughs> because I want to see what all the technology you can unlock is because I didn't manage to unlock everything yet. Um, so I want to like, and I want to see if I can get to have like another, a child in the game and kind of get an idea of what that mechanic looks like. That's... Um, so I'm going to play it more today, I think. And then I'll probably wait for more updates. I, I will say that the tech tree is one of the things I really hated. <laughs> um, just because like. I thought it was unique and cool. I really like it actually. <laughs> I really, 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 really hate it. Because like, I want to know what I'm unlocking and why I want to unlock it. It's like, if you're going to give me a tech tree, cool. If you're going to give me a tech tree that's very, you build this building and then the next building is now buildable where there's no actual research, that's also cool. But at least tell me what's on there. And I, I don't like not knowing what's on there. And that's frustrating because I don't mm. know why I have to unlock this tree. And then if, oh. if you, say, start bumping into something where, um, let's just say uh, you, you're, you're lacking a, a material or a mechanic or something to build something, and it doesn't tell you what's there. You don't know what you have to make in order to unlock the next thing, and they don't always make logical sense. Like, there's certain um, buildings that are required to unlock other buildings, and they don't even tell you what those buildings are. And then it's like, well, there's eight things here that I have to build. I only have the materials to build half of them. It's going to take me a month to build two of these things, and... I don't know which of these eight things is, is the thing that I need to build in order to unlock the next thing that I need to keep my people from dying. And I think yeah. that's a very annoying way of doing Dude, things. So I just like literally just tell me what they are. And like a lot of my, my entire run, complaint there would go away. In my first run, uh, we unlocked fishing right in the middle of winter. And so we still died because I didn't realize how clothing worked and that I needed to make a set of clothing for everyone to make it through winter. Mm -hmm. And um, so, like, people got hypothermia while fishing, got downed, and so we just weren't able to get the fish out. But my second playthrough, I managed to get everybody close. However, I wasn't able to unlock fishing, and I couldn't figure out how to unlock fishing again. Mm -hmm. So I was just sitting there like, well, just build I one guess of everything you haven't things. built yet. And, and like... Okay, okay, okay. And the thing is, is, like, you only have three people, and one of them is a baby. Yes. And so it can't do anything, and it's taking up space from your other person. And so in this, like, the way that this, the second start, the second most difficult start worked. And so you're sitting there, and you're like, I haven't even unlocked being able to preserve food in any way, shape, or form yet. I How will am I going to get through winter? This is my favorite colony sim concept that I've played since RimWorld. That oh yeah, it's really, I was, 
I was impressed by it, honestly, because I, I don't know, I see a colony sim and I go, oh yeah, just gonna be samey and like, you know, I'm gonna get bored of it really fast. And with this one, I feel like it really has a lot more potential than they usually do. The, my, my one like major gripe with the UX though, is there's no, like things aren't organized in a logical fashion. No, and no, not at the all. The UI is like, okay, so I'm Arch, I'm gonna tell you about the UI for a second. Arch, if if I were to say, build I've, me... I've watched people playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But if if I were to say, build me a mason shop, where in a UI would you think to go? Buildings. Yes, of course. But that's that's not where you go. You, you click on, um, like, I'm, I'm just looking at the game right now. You click on uh, buildings, right? And, and then from there, you get a, a secondary menu. And there's no, like, just all workshops button. There's a secondary menu and you have to click on boulders and then in boulders there's another menu and then in that menu there's another menu where you can build a workshop for it wow mm -hmm. there isn't just like if this game really needs either a search function like songs of six has this wonderful search function where it's just here's an like a little you click on a little like uh magnifying glass you click that and then you just type in the name of the building that you want and you build it and it's super nice it this either needs that or they need to reorganize this ui because everything is like four clicks further into a menu than it needs to be like, no, I agree. RimWorld's a good like, example. And it's not obvious. Like, the basic needs tab throws me off so hard because, like, things will just randomly be in that for no reason. It's like, instead of basic needs, you should name that miscellaneous. Like, yeah, I, I it's mean, it's so random. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's it just it feels like it's it's just kind of been a developer that's been developing this game for a while, and they just kind of kept adding menus without any real yeah. concept of how they're organized. Like mechanically, this game's really cool, but my God, that is one of the worst organized UIs I think I've used in the ages. Yeah. It it takes a lot of work to find stuff for sure. Cause I would just go through every single UI, like each menu option, trying to figure out exactly where I can find the thing I need so many times. Yeah, well. I have a feeling that this game is going to come up in discussion time and time again on this show. So I'm going to um, give the uh, very, uh, uh, I was going to say silent, but that's not accurate. Um, stoic Arch, a uh, a topic. What game would you like stoic? to talk about? Stoic? Arch? Stoic. Stoic? Really? You, you, that's you've been the word gazing you upon this like nattering of me and Sui talking about. I, uh, I'm, just feeling like, no. I'm just feeling like Sui in a coffee conversation. Yeah, uh, he's just zoned out, like, right. half well, paying attention. Let's be real like here. Let's a uh, tea in an applesauce conversation and talk about Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft. I've been playing Minecraft again. I... Why? How are you keeping it entertaining? Are you doing mods at all or anything? No, no. Just playing through, oh. chill, building stuff. Um, Built a bridge, named it Bridget. I got an island full of chickens. Um, just been, just been sort of exploring and having fun in it. Like, you know, they've had some pretty big updates in it. Um, version 1.18 was the caves and cliffs update. And then 1.19 is the, uh, wilderness update. And they're both pretty big, uh, with, with huge changes to, you know, ore generation, cave generation and all of that. Bedrock is no longer at zero. You can go to minuses, what? like to minus 50 or something. That's as far no. down as I got. Yeah. 
there's entire new biomes down there. There is a new boss down there. Um, okay, now I need to play. Hold on. Yeah, there's a Hold lot. Hold on. <laughs> like what? That. Yeah, yeah. No, there's now copper as well that you can mine and make decorative things about uh, with. And no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we hit the goal to open a community server as well. So I've just opened um, my own little community server. And yeah, it's just been like a lot of fun. A lot of chill, chill sort of playthroughs. And that's kind of it. I was looking for something chill to play that really didn't... Um, didn't add any super stressful things. So uh, I'm actually playing with keep inventory on as well. Like when I die, I don't lose experience or drop items. And it's just been really nice and chill. We've sort of just been hanging out, chatting and exploring, exploring Minecraft. And yeah, <laughs> it's been Dude, quite you're good at quite selling fun. it. That's what I have to say is you're good at selling it. <laughs> Arch has been Look, playing Minecraft. Verdict. It's still Minecraft. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> makes it good. Like, yeah. Minecraft's strengths are its simplicity and its, um, basically your imagination is, is what is the major driving factor. Yeah, there's the Ender Dragon and there's Electra and all of that, but... At the end, it's your imagination. There is no need to build anything. There's not even a need to build a house, right? You put a bed down, you put a couple of crafting stations, you're done. And yet people build castles, they build all of this, and it is all fueled by imagination. And that's one thing that I've always sort of like loved with these games is, um, you know, especially when people are like, oh, it's boring, oh, it's simple. It's like... It's as exciting as your imagination can be, you know, it's your like, imagination oh, yeah. and creativity. It's like exactly. Yeah, I don't have creativity. You, know, you, you, you can build a castle or you can put traps down so that when your mom walks into be your bedroom, she screams real loudly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Multiple kinds of entertainment. Sorry, Sue. I, I don't have that kind of, uh, I don't have that kind of creativity. I, I prefer more structured games. Oh, look, I like, like building structures for a bridge. Like, see, I like games with no structure because I just find it easier and more fun to sort of flow with whatever I feel like doing at the moment. Um, I get bored and I don't know what I can do and I get overwhelmed and then I shut down and go, okay, next game. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of next game, um, a game that I was playing for the last two hours before this podcast, um, is a little game called Citizens Farlands. Have either of you guys seen or played any of this? Yes, I have. Nope. Seen or played? I've played. Okay. So um, Citizens Farlands is um, a, a little town built, a little level-based town builder, a very simple one with some simple combat in it um, that is very much inspired by the game Islanders. I think it's fair to say, but Islanders yep. where it would just give you little randomly generated islands. This is more, this is actually like a level based thing. Um, but uh, Arch, you were going to say something? No, no, no. I'm just oh, following I, I thought, you. I active you listening. Sentence. Nah, active listening. 
Active listening. Okay. So is that like listening, but you occasionally say things? <laughs> yep. Ah, okay. Anyway, um, so it's it's Citizens Farlands. Um, this is a game that I've actually had in my Steam library for about six months um, because a developer popped into my chat one day and was talking uh, about various other things. Uh, randomly, there was a Steam key in my Discord DMs. Um, so I, I didn't actually play it up until like just now uh, today, and it released yesterday as of time of recording um, for about $12. And it's kind of a neat thing. It, it kind of has this feeling of game developer's first game in some places, because I know for a fact that it is. But the, like little things like the, the uh, some menus don't scale very well on my monitor. Um, some things are just a little off, like you can't mute certain sounds. Um, there's some things about it that feel pretty basic in, in, the, in that kind of way. Um, I think that because like kind of the, what the structure of this game is pretty simple. Um, you have a list of requirements in order to beat the level on the right side of the screen, and it'll be like have ten houses, be producing X amount of water, be producing X amount of pig meat, and be producing X amount of fruits. And then you have to build up a little uh, city, um, kind of in the correct order. Um, and the game kind of works in what it calls a turn-based status system. So every single time you build something, the sun goes down and comes back up at the top of the screen and a turn moves forward. So when you build a house, it costs 10 wood, but you then earn all of the materials from all the other places that you have around. Uh, not all of the resources on the map, like trees are necessarily, are, are like trees are not, um, uh, infinite, but certain food sources are. So, like, farms are infinite and fishing is infinite, but uh, harvesting boulders off the map aren't. So, you have to be kind of careful about your building placement so that you don't accidentally destroy um, one of the, uh, like, tiles on or tile uh, resource tiles on the map. So, it, it's very much kind of like about placing buildings around. But, um, Arch, what are your impressions of the game? I actually really enjoyed it until it started getting super complex mm. right so it started hitting those points of you needed to like uh once you started getting into the needing the artisans and stuff and it was like you need this you need that you need this you need that you need this you need that you need that you need these you know and it just became too many systems that you had to progress to i actually played it through until i needed soldiers and so to, to do that, you need the wood, the stone, the metal, like mine, it mines up. You then needed to have farms up. You then needed to supply water to the farms. You then needed to have the stuff to keep the artisans happy, which was the beer and the, the meals. And then you needed the artisans, you needed the blacksmith, you needed the, the smelter, and then you could make the weapons. And then you needed to go the whole route to build up the army as well. And I don't know, it just got a little bit too much complex complexity for me. Like I really enjoyed it leading up to that. And this is, this is the difference between that and Islanders. Islanders yeah. doesn't have any limitations or, you know, like in any of those pressures of you've got to have it done by this time. Um, yeah, the Islanders is not goal focused at all. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt that uh, it, it did get like a little bit too much pressure at the end. Yeah. So you, you've made it further in than I have then uh, because I uh, I haven't made it to the point where I need soldiers yet. Um, right, but I, yeah. I can kind of see where you're coming from. Like, I, it's 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 a tricky thing where it's a is this the kind of game that I want to think, you know? 
and I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if it is. Um, I, I I think that it's it's a neat little thing, um, and it's like what nine bucks. I I think that it's it's one of those games where it's hard to recommend it, just purely because it does kind of feel a little janky around the edges, but. I don't know if you played Islanders and you really liked Islanders and you're like, yo, what if Islanders had combat and like strict requirements and goals and was more of a puzzle instead of kind of a uh, chillax game, then Citizens Farlands is maybe something to take a look at. That's kind of my thought. Any yeah. closing thoughts on the game, Arch, or is that pretty much it? No, no, that's it. That's it. If if you love that type of game, you will love it. It's It's a beautiful aesthetic. It's got, you know, a great thing. It, it just gets very, very complex. If you like dealing with multiple spinning plates, then, um, yeah, go for it. I will say, I wish that the uh, tutorial guy didn't make noise when he talked, and I wish that I could mute the talking sounds because he goes, blah, 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 and it's kind of grating. Yeah. I wish he'd shut up. But, um... Uh, speaking of things that I don't want to shut up, uh, Sui, can you uh, uh, s discuss Satisfactory? Yeah. Um, so I started playing Satisfactory on stream. Was it Satisfactory? Right before I went on vacation. Um, yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, I had some small performance issues. It was actually due to not running OBS in administrator mode and like the way that computers work. It was uh, putting more focus on OBS than the game and... It, it was just weird. So, yeah. But once I got that figured out, I had a pretty good time with it. The only problem is I started, like, right next to one of the artifact things that you need to get. However, you can't access them right away because you needed to, like, build upgrades so that you can unlock, like, platforms to be able to build up to stuff. And I can't access it. So I just keep getting spammed by the game. Like, you should harvest that resource. And I'm like, I can't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, I didn't really get very far, and then I was had a sponsorship to do on that stream. But I'm planning to come back to it really soon. Um, cool. Yeah, and beyond that, like I've also been playing some games off of stream with some friends. Um, v Rising and Raft. So V Rising I've actually only done on stream so far, but we're planning to play more of it. Um, it's pretty fun. I really like the combat of it. I, that's like the most enjoyable part. Um, and then Raft, I've been playing with a group of friends and we're not even at the new content yet. Cause I know like the game just released in full. We're still like behind. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, we've also been playing Fall Guys. <laughs> I mean, it's free, um, so why not? Yeah, it, I mean, we all paid for it beforehand, but we've been playing Fall Guys, and that's been pretty fun, too, because, you know, you just get a group together, and you play for, like, I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour, have a few laughs, maybe win, probably won't, and, yeah. I, I've never actually played Fall Guys, I'll be completely honest. I didn't didn't buy it, never touched it, just kind of, I don't know, so missed that Never one. played it, never played it, have no interest to. Kind of. It's a good yeah. game to fall back on though when you're playing with friends fall and you just want on? something to play really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like it works. See, it's like one to four players, right? So, 
um like there's special modes where you can have a group of four people and you all are on a team sometimes they have a three-person mode going etc so it's a good game to fall back on and um i play with a friend who doesn't like the same type of games as i do they tend to be more focused on shooters so surprisingly this is a game that kind of fits in the middle of our enjoyment or our what we want to play you know awesome um something that i kind of want to shout out here well actually two things i kind of want to shout out these are small ones though um starship troopers terran command is a game that i was playing through i've decided not to finish it um the it, it, it we've talked about it a number of times on this podcast but it's a rts uh a squad based rts in kind of the classic variety um probably shouldn't have come out this year it probably should have come out in about 2003 it very much feels like kind of a budget game from around then um in a good way though like it's it's charming and it's it feels nostalgic to play it and i was really enjoying it the last two missions in that game um this game is very 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 rock paper scissors in its balancing you know rockets beat this type of bug uh certain uh machine guns beat this type of bug uh laser guns beat this type of bug kind of thing and the last two, two few missions in that game crank that up to 11 and it suddenly becomes a really difficult rts game even on the easy difficulty like you have to multi-manage and maintain map awareness of the entire map and it just stopped being fun um i remember years ago uh i played through the starcraft brood war campaign and i remember loving it right up until the last mission where i ran into the exact same problem uh, I'm terrible at map awareness in games like this, and I always kind of hope that they're going to leave that type of map design for the multiplayer, um, but this game doesn't have that, right? This game doesn't even have a level editor. It's just the campaign, and it's kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, and my I, I still kind of feel like it's a good game, and I still enjoyed the 10 hours that I spent with it, and I'm happy that it exists, and I'm glad that I played it, but I, I think my stance is very much where it was initially, which is I can't recommend this game to you unless you really like RTS games and you really like Starship Troopers the movie. Um, it's, 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 a, it's gone from being a solid recommendation to a very difficult recommendation for me. Um, I, I'm very bummed that it doesn't have a level editor and it doesn't have co-op and it doesn't have anything else because... Now, if if this game had a level editor and Steam Workshop or something equivalent, um, I would drop the campaign at this point and just go play uh, community maps. I would just do that, and I would put another 30 hours into this game because I enjoyed it that much. I enjoy the gameplay that much, but the rock, paper, scissors design and the level design of those last two zones just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. It's not fun. So that's kind of um, my, my, my take on... Uh, or my final thoughts on Starship Troopers Terran Command. Okay. I've seen it played. I've not played it myself. Like, I would rather get back into, uh, what's it, Red Alert Remastered. But um, it's been interesting or to open watch. Open Red Alert. Open Red Alert? Open RL. There's a, um, a uh, open source port of Red Alert and Red Alert Oh, 2. nice. I'll yeah. have to check that out. It's V good. Although it's very com competitive multiplayer focused, but... Um, one other little shout out in a completely different direction, uh, Monument Valley and Monument Valley 2 released on PC. 
uh, this past week, the Monument Valley Panoramic Edition. I always want to say Panoramic for some reason. Uh, Panoramic Edition. Um, Apparently, they've been releasing games on PC. I was unaware that they made that uh, little game called Alba Wildlife Adventure, um, which FG played and loved, as well as another game called Assemble with Care. I had no idea it was the same studio, but um, they've put out... um, both uh, Monument Valley and Monument Valley 2 on PC. They're both, uh, like, 8 bucks. They are, um, like, uh, visual puzzle uh, games that were uh, iOS exclusive for uh, a decade. <laughs> um, and it's it's really nice to see them pop up on other platforms. Um, I played the first one uh, ages ago on uh, my iPod Touch. And uh, it's really nice to see those uh, games get a release on PC um, especially in a world where, like, you know, the um, Steam Deck exists, and uh, they, 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 those games are just movable desktop backgrounds. They are gorgeous. So if, if you like really, really, really pretty games with simple puzzles, Monument Valley is an, is an easy recommendation. So check those out if, you, like, if you haven't played those games. I like pretty games with simple puzzles. That sounds like it's up my alley. It's literally just like, here's a cool shape, and there's a lever on it, and you click on the lever, and it makes cool sounds as you turn the thing until it lines up, and then you move the little person along the walkway. There are puzzles in it. Like, it does get tricky. Yeah, oh, I remember like, playing cool. playing it a little bit on um, on phone. So, no, it's definitely on my list to check out. I'm going to be playing through both of them next week, so looking forward to it. Um, is there any other games that we need we need to talk about here? Or should we uh, take a break and go to news? We can take a break and go to news. I think that's a good time. Alrighty then. We will be right back after this short message. Hi, I'm Arch, and you're listening to the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. This is where I'd put another ad for one of the members of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. If I had one! Now back to the show. And we're back. This is still the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, and this is now the news segment. I'm still blind, and I'm still hosting, and I'm with Archplay Stuff and Suey. Uh, so this first article that we have here on the list is kind of a follow-up from last week, because there's uh, a thing that I would like to mention specifically. Um, let's make sure I got the right one up here, because I've got like 10 of them. Um, so Read Pop as we talked about last week, uh, PAX organizer, as well as Star Wars uh, Celebration and a bunch of other major events such as EGX uh, and New York Comic Con um, are taking over E3. But there's something that's kind of interesting that uh, was uh, that I read after the recording of the podcast last week, um, which I would like to um, kind of mention here, which is this quote from uh, Reed Pop's CEO, uh, where they say, "We are thrilled to bring back E3 as an in-person event with Reed Pop, with Reed Pop, a global leader in producing pop culture events." The uh, said, uh, said the ESA president and CEO, followed up by the Reed Pop president. Uh, the past three years have confirmed that E3 uh, convenes our industry our, convenes our industry like no other event. ReadPop brings this world-class event to keen and understand video game industry, which we will continue to serve uh, the E3 experience for years. And then they go on to say that they are uh, looking forward to welcoming uh, developers, uh, manufacturers, influencers, but they leave out the public. So this to me kind of states that they're going to be building E3 as a press event again instead of a event open to the public, which I think I is a about it. interesting way to do things. Well, technically, you're part of press in the industry, so why are you sad about I that? I know. 
<clears throat> but like the thing is, is I really like the accessibility of it being online and how anyone can see all of well, the showcases they want. Are they still going to do like it's all been of online the since 2008 and everything? Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, all of that has been online since 2008. Why wouldn't it continue to be online? I was online? unaware of that. I only like became super aware of E3 post COVID. So, <laughs> so you, you you've I, I never think... been aware of E3. Got it. <laughs> So I think with especially like with events, with with when the pandemic hit, a lot of events realized that they needed to ramp up their their online presence, and it's something that that I'm fully aware of uh, through my not gaming work. Of basically, there were always you know virtual events or or digital access, but it was never as much in the forefront as when the pandemic hit. And so it was almost more like an afterthought of, oh yeah, we'll have a camera set up. Whereas during the pandemic, there's been so much work in the production side of things for the virtual event side. Um, and that's it. They, they will always have a virtual side, but the question is, is how much production and how much production value will go into it? Will it, will it go back to being just an afterthought with the bulk of, time and, and effort spent on the in-person experience. Well, I think that we all need to remember like what the purpose of these events are, right? Like PAX is a event that anybody can go to. It is an event designed for uh, the, the end user, right? It is a place for you to go meet people. It's a place for you to go uh, play video games and it's a place for games to be announced, but it's, it's, it's a place for games that are releasing soon that are very playable and finished. E3 is the industry event for industry people to mingle. Um, yep. And one of the big things that I think kind of killed E3 in the last few years of it was partially the existence of PAX and online stuff, but also just why do you need to spend so much money on a huge booth when you can just simply uh, parsec into somebody's house and talk to them virtually for almost no money? Um, I think they kind of realized that uh, these these events are kind of cannibalizing themselves um, to a degree, and the, the the reason to have the entire industry in one city was becoming less. Um, so I, I guess I'm just really curious to see how Readpop approaches um, rebuilding E3 as an event that people actually give a shit about, largely. Um, I, I mean, like, there's the press conferences, but most of those press conferences aren't even affiliated with E3 anymore. Right. And yeah. vast majority of them haven't been for years. And like this year, essentially, E3 happened without E3 at all. Um, and everybody calls it E3, but it's not. So they they need to figure out some reason for E3 to exist as a physical event. And I think the only people that could theoretically do that would be Read Pop. But at the same time, why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't fully know either. I I hope it stays an industry event, but even then, you know, with in a post-covid world, even even industry um people are more hesitant to to travel a lot because quite simply it is like the 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 post-con um flu or you know, as 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 it was called in Australia, the Pax Pox. Um, yes. That's Pax just Pox becoming Twitter COVID. Is a good Twitter. 
Yeah, yeah. That's just becoming COVID now. You know, yeah. everyone comes yeah. back from a con and they're sick and it turns out being COVID because people with COVID went. And, you know, I, I honestly question that. Like, yeah, I, I, I expect a few... Uh, a few uh, <clears throat> uh, COVID uh, positive test results after um, TwitchCon as well. Yeah, I I mean, I, I feel bad talking smack about, you know, getting sick at public events because, like, you know, one of our team members, Kiri, is at TwitchCon right now. Um, yes, and I hope, she, I hope she's well. <laughs> I, I hope she, yeah, yeah, I hope she comes, she gets out without getting sick. But, like... I, I, I would hope that by spring 2023, we got this under control, right? Right? What? No, no, <laughs> right? no. I I don't right? think we I will. don't think it's going to go under control. I, trust me, I don't think it's... I think it's going to get worse, and I think everybody's going to ignore that it got worse, and I think a lot of people are going to get sick, and it's going to really suck, but, like... Yep. Yeah. That's my That opinion. pretty much is what I expect, too, to be honest. Like, at this point, it's like... What can we really fully do? I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. So, on to yeah. the next piece. Yeah, the next, uh, you know, very, very bright and happy. Well, piece. Uh, I think <laughs> Unity needs to uh, rename their company uh, to uh, Disunity or uh, uh, some other opposite of Unity uh, because Unity is not only an engine provider for uh, many things as well as a special effects company and a AI company and many other things and now also a malware provider um, so if you're not uh, putting um, uh, monetization into every single level of your game's development you're a <clears throat> fucking idiot uh, so seriously um, y Unity has uh, merged with Iron Source or is merging with Iron Source. If you're not familiar with Iron Source, they are an ads provider and an advertising company um, that has existed for quite some time. And um, there it is, it is proven uh, that they like to dis distribute malware. Um, there are many articles on the subject. If you want to go dig them up, just go look up Iron Source. It's hard to not find them. Um, John Riccatello uh, has stated, uh, we believe that the world is a better place with more successful creators in it, uh, according to his idea. Ideas. But um, what this actually means is um, they want to be able to um, make a cut of the advertising revenue in your video game if, let's just say, you put a Coke can in the background. I don't know. I Who wants to take was, the floor with this it, one? I'll take the floor with this one because I thought it was more that um, it's an ad-serving platform. So you know when you play mobile games and you what? can watch I don't, an ad? I, okay. I don't play games on mobile. You just said you played Mon Monument Valley. Gosh. When I was a so, child uh, <laughs> over a decade ago. Anyway, go on. So sorry. a lot of a lot of games nowadays are ad heavy and it's like watch an ad to get double the bonus of this round and or watch an ad to get a free unlock. And that's the whole purpose to serve ads. That's from what I've read, that is what Iron Source does. Uh, Iron Source is basically um, you go to Iron Source and you go, we want to put, we want to buy ad space. This is our demographic and that's it, right? That's all you do. You deal with Iron Source. Apps being created will import the Iron Source ad platform and that's all they will have, right? 
that will then decide what ads get served to that game. Like, because being in Australia and New Zealand, there's been times where I've been playing games and you click, oh yeah, watch an ad to to get something. And it's like, there are no ads for you at this time because they don't have ads. They, there's not always got ads. Um, that, that was obviously a long time ago and it's changed a lot now. So this is something that normally exists already um, in a lot of games. It's just being integrated into unity so i imagine it will be something that when you're building a game in unity it's just a library you import the issue i have with all of this is one ironforge is not the most uh reputable or stable um platform to be doing that and the second one is that statement of if you're not thinking about monetization in your games at every step of the way you're an idiot that's true on the surface, right? If you do not introduce monetization or have as some idea of monetization in your game when you're building it, and then you've got to tack it on at the end, it's going to be obvious. It's not going to flow well. It's going to be poor. Random ads to click to continue is not that. <laughs> that is that is the exact opposite of thinking about the monetization process because that's just oh we'll just chuck in ads right thinking about the monetization process can be okay are we going to have a cash shop what is it going to have what is the process for that going to be how is that going to flow how is that going to affect the player as it goes that is something that can be understood right but if you build a game and then you're like actually we need to make money off this. Let's go back and hack in this thing that you got to pay for. It won't work well. So on the surface, it's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. You've got to be thinking about how it's going to make money. So it all, it feels natural. It fits and all of that. Throwing ads in at the last minute or just throwing ads in in general. That's not it. And that that's where it is. It's like, he says something that you're like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. But what he's doing is actually just the complete opposite. And I understand it. Like, you know, we spoke about this. I think you spoke about it on stream. I understand it from a business perspective. Of I do too. From a Unity business perspective. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unity going, okay, people are going to serve ads in games. We should own the, the company that serves the ads because that's extra cut for us. Boom. Completely makes sense. The problem is, is Iron Source's reputation. And that's 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 the only issue that I have with it. There there are two main issues that I have with this. Uh the main the, the main one is Iron Source being a not a company like they're comparable to Traffic Junkie. Uh you can Google them if you want. But like they're they're not the sort of company that you necessarily want to have pinned on your thing, right? Um, and there's a lot of developers who use Unity who do not uh, monetize their game post-sale. There is a lot of developers who do not monetize post-sale. Um, so there's... And the CEO of this game engine publicly stating, if you're not thinking about monetization every step of the way, you're an idiot... He's calling out his entire user base, more or less, with the exception of the mobile side of things. No, 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 because 
buy to own or buy to play is monetization. Yes. Right? But his wording is calling out all of those developers. And because this came out right after they're implementing this advertising model, also they just laid off 300 people, by the way, right after they're yeah. Im implementing this advertising model, you're telling people, we now have built-in advertising that we take a cut from. Everybody who doesn't have this monetization in your game, you're an idiot. Yeah, see, that's, that's what the he's thing saying. where I was saying, that's where I was saying, on paper, it sounds good because, yes, but the, the whole paper, thing is... On paper, it sounds is... awful, I think, but that, because no, no, if no, it was no, on no. paper, they would have looked at it and realized why that is a stupid thing to say. <laughs> okay, at, at its core value, at its, at its most shallow interpretation of, if you're not thinking about how your game will make money, you're an idiot. And that is, if you're not, if you've not decided, okay, it's going to be buy to play, that's fine. If you've decided to cash up, that's fine. If you decide it's going to serve ads, you know, you're, you're, you're a bad person, but you know, you've made that decision. That bit's fine. But yeah, the idea that a game has to always be making money off ads is, is ridiculous. The idea that a game always has to be making money post sale for a lot of developers is also ridiculous. But making money on the sale is is fine too, and yeah. that's a monetization thing. The, right? the, the selling a product is monetization. So if you've sold the product, your monetization is done. If that is the monetization you want to implement, the CEO of the game engine that you've been using for the last eight years to make your game, calling you an idiot for not continuing to monetize post sale, is unacceptable and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. which no, is why. Developers should just make their games in Godot <laughs> or some other engine like Game Maker that doesn't do this. Yep. No, fully agree because with you. It's completely up to the developer if they want to monetize post sale. That's fine. If you want to make DLC, you want to put ads in your game, fine. It's not acceptable for the CEO of an engine to say, you're an idiot for not monetizing more. Uh, monetizing more, yeah. No. I, I, I do think that if, if someone was working on a game, I, one of the first questions I would ask you, you know, what do you, what, what is the monetization you intend on this being? If they say it's free, that's fine. If they say buy to own, that's fine. If they say microtransactions or a cash shop or a subscription, that's all fine. As long as that thought has been made, the way he said it and the way it comes across and the timing of it all, absolutely wrong. And hopefully, I, John Riccatello is one of those people who's been in this industry for a while, and he's not without his controversies from the past. And he's one of those, he's kind of like a Bobby Kotick to me, where I, I wonder how he still keeps getting these jobs. <laughs> yep. But, you know, it's, ay -ay -ay, I guess. But there's, um, Twitch is doing something good. Yeah. Suey, do you want to take this one? Uh, yes. So, fun fact, Twitch is lowering payouts in some regions. Which means Arch gets coffee money again. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, in the past, it was $100 for you to get a payout as a Twitch creator, and now it's only 50 So, um, smaller creators are going to be getting Twitch payouts more often, which is nice. Only in certain regions. Currently, it's uh, Argentina, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Spain, and Taiwan um, starting July 15th, which is right now. Um, but uh, 
they this will be extended to other regions as time goes. So yeah, who knows they, how long that time frame is. But. They say add other countries through November. They don't yeah. go into full detail whether that'll be every country, but I couldn't see it not being. I mean, I I, I think it it makes more sense in some regions than others, but like, I I would believe that it, it'll probably go globally. I mean, the, the, a number of months ago there was that big thread on the user voice thing for Twitch, which was just pay people better, right? And everybody was yelling for better sub splits, which we're never gonna get. But they yeah. the thing that like the other thing that they were yelling about was bring the payment threshold down to fifty dollars, and you know it's. This doesn't this to to me like I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those assholes who just says you know if you can't make a hundred dollars a month you shouldn't have a sub button that's just kind of me being a dick but on the flip side um getting fifty bucks isn't going to pay your bills exactly so it's not like suddenly a bunch of people are going to be able to go full time if they get the fifty dollars but what this does do is it it gives a, a decent amount of encouragement for people that are just starting out or people that are trying to get going again um. That's kind of the only benefit I really see out of this. Yeah, I don't I don't see this as a big revolutionary thing of of all of that, but like we'd be remiss to overlook the fact that, you know, ninety percent of the people who stream on Twitch, if that are um, you know, are affiliates are very small creators. And so this benefits small creators in, in a very good way. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm for it. And even if it takes creators, like some creators still a few months to hit, it's, it's a lot closer than, um, than a hundred dollars if that's the case for them. And really Twitch lose nothing by doing it. I mean, there might be some like minor transaction costs, but I mean, there is currently, but <laughs> yeah, well, in other news, uh, Rune Factory 5 is on PC now. It, from what I know, it was kind of a surprise launch. And I am a little salty that it happened so soon. I thought it was going to take a lot longer. So I played through it all on Switch. Like, oh yeah, it'll be at least the year. And now it's already out. And it's like way better. And the reviews are very positive on Steam. And I'm a little salty. <laughs> are you going to buy it and play it again? Probably not, just because I've already played through like the whole thing, so I don't have anything I want to do. And yeah, <laughs> what about when they inevitably put out a bunch of DLC for it? When they put out DLC, I probably will <laughs> grab it. When yeah, it goes that'll on probably sale. get me. You were really yeah. into it for a while, weren't you, dude? I yeah, <laughs> I was like on the way towards a hundred percenting it, but then my audience got bored of it, so that's the only reason I stopped. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I, I haven't been super <laughs> into um, that franchise of games since they were on the Game Boy. I I think I played Rune Factory 3. I think that was 3DS. I think was the last one I played. 5 is my first one. Mm. You should go back and play yeah. the old ones. Honestly, like Rune Factory 4 is on PC and it's... I Everybody says that one is great. Yeah, yeah everything I've, been, I've seen about this... Yeah, I was just going to say, everything I've seen about the current um, Rune Factory 5 on PC is it's like, it's a lot better than the um, than the Switch version, which had a lot of frame rate issues and such. 
but it's still not super great. So I don't I don't know if you're if you're missing out on a lot there by by doing yeah. it on the the switch versus that. It it's from what I've read, like I've had a look through the uh, PC gamer article. And they were like, it's proved a lot in the fact that the frame rate is uncapped, which I think what, like, it, it deals with the lag a little bit more, which is one of the core issues that um, I think uh, you and FG also mentioned a lot on um, on streams. Uh, sorry, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, it is still, like, struggling with graphics. It's struggling with U- UI. You can't rebind keys and such. Um, and yeah, it is very clearly still a Switch game that has been adapted to the PC. Like, it's very much a port. So, yeah, I don't know if you lost out a lot. (laughs) You know what this era of Switch ports kind of reminds me of? That weird period of time after the PSP stopped really being a thing, and then suddenly all these weird PSP games from like four years earlier got ported to PC that looked like they came out a decade ago oh i can't wait for the crisis core remake <laughs> i mean i can't wait for stray <laughs> which is out in like six days five days four days Jeez. there's yeah, so many good games coming out right now honestly because like uh the clan folk thing just came out there's i knew i know power wash sim just came out in full release monument Rush valley came out in full release recently yep monument valley um, if I go onto my Google Calendar, I'll see even more. <laughs> the, the game that got Lyric banned from Twitch for 24 hours, House Party just came out of early access. <laughs> um, you know, all like Toilet Chronicles is currently trending on Steam, whatever that means. That um, doesn't sound like a yeah. good game. It's a game. Oh, Endling a game that's coming out when Stray comes out is called Endling Extinction is Forever, which is also a game I've been watching. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's a, a, a Dinkum is currently in the top sellers list, which looks kind of uh, cool. Yeah, Dinkum is on my two playlist. Two playlist. Um, yeah, I I just love the text of it. Like it it really does make me homesick. What hmm. what does it say? Just um, get a eh? get ready to start a new fair Dinkum life and build your new home out in the bush. Explore tropical eucalyptus forests, scorching deserts, and cool billabongs on an island that's inspired by the wild Australian outback. Take care of giant wombats, play with friends, and get ready for a ripper time. I Okay, so <laughs> if you stream this, you just have to crank your accent up to a thousand. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. I'll, I'll go Steve Owen on it. Completely overdo it and just be kind of crazy about that. <laughs> Crikey, thanks for the follow <laughs> When you look at, like, the graphics and stuff and, like, the world and everything, does it actually remind you of Australia? No, it reminds me of Animal Crossing. <laughs> I was going to say, it does The game looks fun, though. I'm... It's co-op, Dude, too. I'd be down to I play mean... it with you. Dude, yeah. we should... We should... We should chat. We should. About, I mean, like, you are right now. I, I know it's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, but, like, we should, like, go into DMs and, like, plan something out and... Yeah. I'll send you a DM right now so we don't forget. <laughs> that, that's okay. how this works. Yeah, exactly. And definitely what DMs are for. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird week right now. You know, like we just kind of powered through this podcast. And normally this is like kind of a 
a two-hour show. But we do have one more small news story here. Um, Dark Souls. Heard of this game? Mm. I don't like Vaguely. it. It's kind of niche, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't actually like Dark Souls, though. It's too dark. Too soul and like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got no, it's got no soul to me. I'm not, I'm not super bad, super big on Dark Souls, but I am pretty big on soul music. So I think those are basically the same thing. Anyway, uh, jokes aside about Dark Souls. Um, so there is a uh, lore set that's being released in two giant hardcover volumes with a gigantic map. Um, one of the cool things about Dark Souls is its lore is actually like kind of intense, and I do enjoy watching um, various YouTube videos that are like four hours long about Dark Souls lore because they're, I don't know, it's it's like this fantasy epic, and I, I like fantasies, and I and I like big stories and stuff like that, but I just I I couldn't be asked to actually play all of Dark Souls, um, but um, the the Abyssal Archive is what they are calling this is a giant compendium of Dark Souls lore. Uh, complete with super detailed maps and pictures, and it's just a really neat kind of collector's set uh, that is currently uh, available for pre-order. Um, keep in mind, this thing ain't cheap, but I think it's neat. I mean, it's it the the full set is uh, a fucking four hundred and ninety-five euros, uh, but the uh, the base set, which is just the standard edition, which comes with the two books um, and the small art book, is uh, one hundred and eighty euros and for a hardcover collector's edition that includes all of the lore from such a big series of games, this is this is kind of a neat thing. Yeah, people who are willing to pay for it, like really into it, it sounds like it could be good value. I mean, like just yeah. hardcover books ain't cheap for one thing. And for something that is so, you know, I guess ingrained in games culture, this is... I, I don't like collector's editions for things. I'm not I'm not big on that. Here's the fucking statue and the 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 the, the necklace collection and a whistle and a little map and all that stuff and the the steel case for the dead. I don't I'm not into any of that. Like it's that's that's a lot of just tosh that'll end up in a landfill. This is like something that would go into somebody's book collection. Like this is yep. this is a cool exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like for me buying a soundtrack for a video game on on record because you know I'll sit there and I'll listen to it. Like I would probably read this. Like I I'm tempted to buy this. I just don't really have anywhere to put it, so I'm probably not going to. But it is <laughs> it is a neat it's a neat thing, and I'm, I'm glad that this exists. And I'm also gonna plop the uh, pre order link down uh, in the description of this podcast once it goes live as well, and it's going into the chat room so that we can stick it in there. But um, yeah, no, uh, just kind of a little thing to kind of wrap up this episode, I guess. Um, is there anything else we want to cover today since we're all here? Um, I, I have an announcement to make. Not an announcement? Yeah, Arch, he's a dummy. Oh, I, I thought you two were getting married. What? I was confused for a second there. Wow. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. Uh, this has been episode 26. Uh, Arch, where can people find you and your stuff? And what are you going to be doing for the next week? Oh, probably crying in the corner now. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ArchPlayStuff. And you can find me on Twitch under the same name, ArchPlayStuff. This week, I'll actually be doing a special co-op stardew challenge run i'll be um playing with a friend mal blue eyes who will be introducing me to the world of challenge runs in stardew where we'll be running a small b and b um 
yeah, that'll be, that's very interesting. And I'm very excited for that. Um, part of my ongoing fundraising for the month. So yeah, check that out. And Sui, who the hell are you and what do you do? I am Sui. I play a lot of like indie games, a lot of management sims, a lot of life sims, RPGs, story games, that sort of thing. Lots of wholesome stuff. Um, yeah, and soon when I graduate, I will be doing a RimWorld run probably. I'm having my community make a mod pack. So, you know, I actually have to get a mod pack from them first. But I'm going to be doing that probably. And then um, I'm also just checking out lots of new games as they're coming out. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitch. It's just Sui, S-U-W-E-Y. And then I'm on lots of other places as at Sui Streams. So Twitter is Sui Streams. Um, I have YouTube as well. That one's just Sui. And uh, yeah. And uh, lastly, I'm blind, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L, and on Twitter at the same name for pictures of my garden uh, and pictures of hiking. And uh, lastly, you can also find me on YouTube. I just did a really big um, uh, chat with the developers of Dwarf Fortress, which is probably going to be released on Steam this fall, by the way. That That's like actually like kind of certain, Ooh. which is kind of crazy. Um, wow. So that happened. Um, and you can find that on my YouTube channel. It's like a two-hour chat. It's a pretty good conversation, I think. And, um, yeah, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, halcyonfrequency.com. If you want to ask us questions for this podcast, which has been kind of a quiet room as of late, uh, you can do that on our Discord. We are hosting a game jam at the end of this month on the 29th to the 1st. I think I got the dates right. Uh, link to join that is in the description. Or if you know people who make games, shove it in their face and tell them to join. Um, that's pretty much everything. Halcyon Frequency can be found on Twitter at Halcyon Megahertz. And, uh, yeah, that's us. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Art, you're not a dummy. I like you. No, I am. You are. <laughs>